Welcome to ABC Cafe. I'm your host, Anthony Apodaca. Today we are joined by Ashley Smith and Wafik Ur to discuss the Apartheid Free Burlington campaign and the city council vote against putting the measure on the ballot. All right, I'm here with uh, Ashley Smith and Wafik Ur again. Uh, thank you both for joining me on ABC Cafe. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you, Anthony. So, yeah, last time we were on, we talked a little bit about the uh, Apartheid Free Burlington petition and the gathering of signatures. So I think um, in the meantime, uh, that, that, that uh, we did that. We successfully got the signatures that we needed for the Apartheid Free Burlington petition. We submitted them to the city clerk in Burlington, and there was a city council meeting this past Monday to... Uh, deliberate on whether or not to put it on the ballot. And I wanted to get both of your reactions, just kind of big picture. What do you think the main takeaways were from from the meeting? And and I I know I, I want to try to avoid, I guess, going too far into the the arguments of the opposition, although we certainly can do that. But I, you know, lo- looking at the landscape, what, what were your main takeaways? And we'll start with Ashley. Well, the the main thing that I was struck by is the Zionists, the mayor, and his pro-war, pro-apartheid faction um, were determined to subvert democracy in order to protect the state of Israel. And all their arguments were designed to scuttle the right to petition, to collect signatures, to put ballot referendums up for a vote, and for the people of Burlington to democratically decide what positions the city should take. And they did that because I think they're terrified of the growing numbers of people that oppose Israeli apartheid and oppose Israel's genocidal war. I mean, we know the statistics. It's three quarters of Democrats think that the U.S. should force Israel into a ceasefire to stop its war. And we know that 50 percent of Biden voters think Israel is guilty of genocide. Mm -hmm. So the Zionists had every reason to subvert the democratic process and scuttle the resolution. And what this shows to me is that the political establishment, including our local political establishment, is more committed to U.S. imperialism and its support for the state of Israel to police the Middle East than our basic democratic rights. Yeah. Wafiq? I'll take it from the last sentence uh, uh, Ashley provided. I always thought, and I will repeat it that naively, that there is a way through the system, as they call it, democratic system, that us activists for solidarity of Palestine, we can bring the Palestinian side of the story that have been for the longest time uh, dismissed or it doesn't appear to the American public. That's why our effort uh, for collecting uh, 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 signatures on the petition, and you have to understand we collected uh, 1,700 verified signatures, but we provided over 4,000 signatures, and we talked to thousands and thousands more. So I thought by collecting signatures and bringing the subject direct 
to the electorate, to the voters, we will have another outcome. Uh, so the battle Monday wasn't if you accept or reject the ballot language. It was, do you believe on American democracy in local level and national level? And this is, was the test. And we were not, as they said, dividing the public to two parties because our side were multicultural, multi-sex, multi-religious, multi of every kind. I mean, including our coalition, and sometimes I wonder about it, that we have so many ideologies and opinion about the subject that sometimes uh, it takes a lot of our efforts. Our opponents have only one idea, the United on Zionism, in occupation, in colonialism, on believing of the story of a God as a real estate agent and gave <laughs> people uh, that piece of land. And uh, uh, they, they are uh, absolutely living on Walla Walla world when it comes to how, how, how to speak to each other. We went over there to open a dialogue with our politicians, but our politicians told us in advance many of them, that the public are not grown up enough to decide by themselves about a subject like this. Well, and when Directly, we, in fact, I, one, one uh, speaker actually said the city council is like your parents, and sometimes your parents have to tell you no. That, that was, you know, not, not even Sarah, a metaphor. Sarah Carpenter, a counselor, a counselor from Burlington, she said people are not mature enough to understand the subject. And on the same meeting, somebody asked her, do you know what apartheid means? And she said, yes. He said, what does it mean? And she said, sorry, I was too fast to answer yes. At the same time, she claims that she understands the subject of this caliber much more than the voters who put her on the office. And this is where our problem as American, and this is where Palestine is a subject is extremely local, and we should discuss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a interesting um, anti-democratic strand to the whole discussion. Um, and I want to play something. Let me know if you guys can hear this, actually. I'm going to try something I've never tried before, but I, I want to try to play a, a clip. Okay, you should be able to hear this. Uh, this is just a, a snippet of one testimony. Even our federal government has made it clear that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. I wonder if this pledge is legal under laws of boycott. So I'm... My kind of jaw dropped on that one because I expected the rest of the arguments, but that was, in, in effect, what she is arguing against is not just the ability for, for us to petition, but the you know like the core of free speech, the core of American values. And one of the other speakers actually said that the petition was un-American. And I wondered if you could comment on what I thought was an extreme escalation of the language that has not been used previously 
to the opposition of these of these kinds of uh, resolutions. Even the ceasefire resolution a few weeks ago, this this was this this seemed to have topped it. Yeah, I I mean I think this shows how afraid they are because fundamentally they are losing the argument on a global scale, on a national scale, and on a local scale. The people are reacting with horror to what Israel is doing in Gaza, and they are discovering, if they didn't know it before, that this state is fundamentally racist. The state of Israel is a fundamentally racist colonial settler state backed by US and before that British imperialism. And so they're losing in the court of public opinion. When you're losing an argument, you have to turn to coercion to enforce the status quo. And that's why they've all invoked this IHRA definition of anti-Semitism that equates any criticism of the state of Israel with anti-Semitism. And that is a profoundly reactionary move. And it has a neo-McCarthyite character because they are basically criminalizing the right to dissent against the U.S. government and its support of this apartheid state and its genocidal war. And that's why, you know, BDS, boycott, divestment and sanctions have been criminalized in over 30 states across the country. They're losing the argument. Therefore, they have to turn to coercion. And it's far, part of fundamentally compromising the democracy in, in, in our society. And it's precisely because they are losing the argument that they are doing it. And so you can react to that in two different ways. You can be like, oh, my God, let's run for cover. Or you can do what we've been doing, and that's getting louder, more articulate, more determined, more organized, and bringing our forces out in greater and greater numbers to reject this um, attack on democracy, defend Palestinian rights, and advance our argument for boycott, divestment, sanctions, the ending of U.S. aid to Israel, and for the right of Palestinians to rise up and free themselves from this colonial occupation. And we're the majority. For the first time, I think we can say that in a long, long time, that we have a growing majority in this country and the world that's taking the side of Palestine. And that's why they're so scared. And we should keep organizing because we're going to win. This speaker you put out, Anthony, uh, conflating uh, anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism. It is exactly the goal they are working on to make it a law here through, as Ashley said, through the new definition of the IHRA. And it is not true that the federal government doesn't conflate both together. As a matter of fact, the State Department refused to adopt it. But at the same time... She's referencing, just for the listeners, she's referencing, uh, no doubt, the uh, House passed a uh, sort of symbolic resolution, but it's not the, it's not the policy of the federal government by any stretch of the it's imagination. It's not the policy, and it's not in our Constitution yet. But they are working very hard through executive laws have been done in over 32 states that uh, IHRA is the new definition and the anti-PDS uh, laws. They are trying on the state of Vermont 
by forcing the education department uh, to adopt that. And I know that uh, 39 uh, synagogues or head of synagogues, rabbis and cantor signed a letter asking the Secretary of Education to adopt that or to insert that on Act 1, which is passed uh, the House and the Senate here three years ago. And we are fighting that at the same time. Conflating those two together, it shouldn't be our effort, the solidarity of Palestine only. It should be uh, it's an argument within our Jewish siblings community. And they have to put more effort to say that those people who are claiming they represent us on these hearings and forcing and conflating Zionism with Judaism, they don't represent us. And here it is the, uh, our hard work uh, coming. Uh, the anti-Semitism question came out, if you remember, on the hearing a lot. And for us, Solidarity of Palestine is disrespectful to us that we are, every time we are uh, bringing a justice issue for people who are facing genocide daily for the last 109 days, that we have to face and become defensive and talk about anti-Semitism and take our eyes on what's happening on Palestine, uh, uh, if it is in Gaza or on the West Bank, uh, the arrests of 1948 and the kind of living on the refugee camps. Uh, uh, I think uh, those uh, rabbis and their supporters who came to the hearing, uh, they haven't said the truth. I don't believe that they represent the Jewish ideal and the Jewish uh, education and the Jewish faith, and we have to do something about it. And uh, this is killing our democracy because I can boycott any American company. I can I I I, I, I boycotted uh, Starbucks when uh, they called the police on uh, a black young men, uh, but when I do boycott it because they are supporting the Israeli, uh, uh, the IDF, uh, now there is a huge cry. So I don't understand uh, this double standard on America, within the American. They have to discuss that their democracy is in battle. And I, 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 I don't believe there is a democracy on this country anymore or on this town in Burlington anymore after one, the last one, experience. One thing I'll just add to what Wafiq said. I I think when they said that, it it was it was nonsensical. Because you think about it. When they said what? So Sorry many, to clarify. When 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 the person said that about equating um, anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism. Uh -huh, yep. um, there, there's a fundamental contradiction in everything that is implied in that, which by definition means that if you're Jewish, you can't be an anti-Zionist. And they had in their face over and over and over again in the testimony, Jewish anti-Zionists speaking out 
in favor of the resolution against Israeli apartheid, against the genocidal war. And when they're confronted with that, they have to turn to some of the most vile slanders against people. Like one of the uh, people said in the testimony near the very end that Palestine solidarity activists were using their Jewish members to pour poison out into the public, which just shows how deeply hateful they are of anybody standing up in solidarity with Palestine. The, the other thing about that is that it homogenizes the Jewish community as if there's one monolithic Jewish community that's lockstep behind the state of Israel, which is nonsensical. Again, they're Jewish anti-Zionists. And the other thing about that is for the vast majority of history, most Jews have been against Zionism. Zionism began as a Christian imperialist idea that then was imported by a tiny minority of Jewish um, activists into the into the Jewish political circles when the vast majority of Jews were socialists who wanted to stay in Europe and fight anti-Semitism there. That's the proudest tradition of the Jewish left and Jewish radicalism and Jewish social struggles is not to go and take over somebody else's land, colonize and settle it, but fight anti-Semitism where it exists, which is mainly in Europe and in the United States. And the final irony of this whole line from the Zionists is that their greatest supporters of that argument are actually anti-Semites. People like Elise Stefanik, who was the orchestrator of that um, new version of the House on american Activities Committee that put the presidents of the university on public mm -hmm. trial. She's invoked the great replacement theory, which is an anti-Semitic racist theory. And, and those are some of her best allies, as is the kind of crazy Christian Zionists who think that, you know, Jews should have Palestine as their homeland so that it can bring the apocalypse and Christians can inherit heaven and Jews can go to hell. I mean, this, this well, is that, that one. That one actually right that one actually, I believe. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just keep it keep it under control, Ashley. There's a limit. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you don't have to. I had uh, uh, Ziva Chasen on, and and I don't know if you listened to that, but we talked about the the you know John Hagee showing up at the uh, pro Israel rally. I mean, oh, this is a this oh. is this is a guy who who oh. literally said that God sent Hitler to kind of make sure that the Jews went back to Israel. I mean, yeah. it's completely, it is completely, it's contradictory. The, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Mainly the same people who stood against the ballot or the right of the voters to vote on it are the same people they're going to be up front and center of any liberal or leftist movement in the future. They're going to fight for black rights, LGBTQA, to the migrants' rights. They are always a present and the flags of every movement on every synagogues on these towns and the cross. But, you know, they know very much what is happening by pushing the idea, criticism of Israel is equivalent to anti-Semitic because they know that if it went to the vote, our ballot went to the vote. We would have won. Yeah. 
And that's why they gambled on to stand against democracy and the right of peoples to vote and to give their opinion than uh, to let it pass. Because if it passed, and it will in one form or another, sooner or later, on different uh, uh, periods of struggle, uh, when Vermont passed these laws, uh, it will go all across the United States. It will go to Maine and New Hampshire and others. I mean, think about it. Burlington is considered progressive liberal town, and it's the only one who rejected uh, ceasefire yeah. by the same by the same a group of uh, pro-war over there. And they are silencing us because of the ballot, because they know where we are taking this. As a matter of fact, we are now one step ahead of them because the education of the public, we are on, on, on a place we like to be. We don't take the ballot as a loss. It's not a number who vote with us or against us. As a matter of fact, those people who are running for office, they should be scared if they're going mm -hmm. to win their offices because of this vote. There are people, they are not involved in politics. I talk to them all day. They were dismayed yes. that something like that happened. They don't care about the ballot and the language of the ballot. They never learned anything about it, but they said, if the constitution or the charter of the city says you are allowed to sign this, and I saw you on the streets collecting signatures, and they didn't allow your signature to be counted and to go to vote, there is something wrong with us. So we are learning our locals democracy, ABC, again and again, and it will empower them for other causes, has nothing to do with Palestine, and Palestine going to be a light for many, many issues in the future. Yeah. One, one thing I just was thinking about is how this is really a sign of the Zionist desperation, a sign especially of the Zionist rabbis' political desperation, that they have to turn to moral blackmail and moral intimidation by invoking anti-Semitism to shut everybody up. And you know what? It failed. Nobody takes this seriously. All the anti-Zionist Jews stood up and testified. All of us who are not Jewish stood up and testified. All of us who are Palestinian stood up and testified. We are unbowed by this moral blackmail. Second point is I think it's really dangerous as mm -hmm. a Jew to equate yeah. all Jews with a state that is carrying out apartheid and genocide. That is That compromises the fight against anti-Semitism because it makes Jews seem to be the architect of these atrocities when it's just the Israeli state, which is not supported by a growing minority of Jews in this country and, and globally. So I think it's fundamentally compromising against the fight against anti-Semitism. Anti one thing I, I wanted to add to what Wafiq said about how the liberal Zionists are good on every other question, but not good on Palestine, mm -hmm. the sort of progressive except Palestine, the PEP kind of position. And I think the problem is actually deeper 
Because once you take a bad position, it's unavoidable that it has a ripple effect on all other positions. And I think we see this with the Zionist commitment to Israel, despite its apartheid nature and its genocidal war, is it has led them to adopt right-wing positions, not on only on the question of Palestine, but on the question of the arms budget. If you're for unrestricted military aid to Israel, that aligns you with U.S. imperialism and the Pentagon's war machine. So I'm not surprised that some of these people are drifting further to the right. And it also compromises your commitment to democratic rights. These people are arguing against democracy as a result of their Zionism. So their Zionism compromises their liberalism. They're not far away from saying, are you or have you ever been a supporter of Palestine? You know, as a litmus test politically to have basic citizenship rights. So I think that Zionists are moving to the right, even with if they're liberals. And the more they have to defend a state that's carrying out genocide, the more far to the right they're going to move. It is happening uh, on other places where they are adopting on IHRA, mainly in Germany, that there is uh, a county which is they are independent to do their own law. And one of the questions, if you don't sign on the right of Israel to exist as a Jewish state, you cannot apply or get the German citizenship. So this is the litmus test. It didn't succeed when they uh, got introduced in Berlin uh, three days ago, but uh, Germany is a test place for them. And it's coming over here for conflating uh, Judaism and Zionism to this way. I was talking uh, to uh, someone who works for the Jewish uh, Chronicle. And I said, this is extremely dangerous, mainly a historical organization like the Anti-Deformation League and uh, the Jewish President's Organization uh, keep conflating and putting the numbers. If I am a pro-Palestine, it means I am anti-Semitic. And putting these numbers up, that when the serious and the real anti-Semitic, which is it's existed in the United States and around the world, which is very dangerous and we should fight against, that people are going to be closed eyes because they are watering it down to anybody they wish just to get that support to Israel, diplomatic support, military support, uh, uh, and this. And uh, she told me she is terrified from it too. She sees it too, yep. you know, and she is more deep into numbers and what these organizations or the Israeli uh, council right, generals who the, are visiting the states to adopt the IHRA are doing that it terrifies our Jewish community, the one who differentiate between both. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I do think that it's an enormous ideological blow to, the, to Israel that the International Criminal Court of Justice ruled that the South African case is with merit. They dismissed Israel's attempt 
to um, dismiss the charges. And they um, also issued conditions for the for Israel continuing its war. And if you take those conditions seriously, it would mean a ceasefire. Of course, they didn't call for a ceasefire, and that's a limitation. But nonetheless, I think this is an enormous ideological blow to Israel, and it's, proceed, it's succeeded in further isolating both the United States and Israel in the court of international public opinion, and associated Israel now in a ruling with genocide, which I think is a river we have yet to cross. Now, I have no illusions that the International Criminal Court of Justice will, you know, be a vehicle to win the liberation of Palestine. But I think we can use that ruling to further educate the public and to mobilize people in our struggle um, in Palestine and globally for a free Palestine. So I think it's entirely to our benefit, um, this ruling, whatever its limitations. Mm -hmm. Well, Pete, you must have something to say about it, though. I think Palestine won today. I think there was a great recognition of the Palestinian as people who deserve to be protected and they are facing a genocide, but without calling it yet, but the signs are all uh, over the place. Of course, a lot of the judges, uh, they uh, voted politically not to force Israel upfront for ceasefire, but they gave them a whole month with conditions to declare a ceasefire so it wouldn't be trouble between the conditions and what Israel can do. They are in a bad situation, the Israeli. They uh, kept uh, uh, a window for them uh, to, to ease their exit from this war. Uh, for us, it, it is a win uh, for the first time on the international arena. We are a people. It means we are in a land called after us, Palestinian, Palestine, Palestinian territory, etc. And it is not United States and Israel who make who can make decision. Of course, they're going to to say it. It's uh, <laughs> not genocide. It's not. Uh, uh, ceasefire is not that but uh, just give it uh, another seven days or so and you will see the effect of this court uh, of the outcome of this battle